2: There's the snap. It's a play action. McMillan rolls to the left. Nobody is there. He can stroll past the pylon. Touchdown Lane. Five seconds left. Inbound the Clark. Top of the key. Drives in the paint. Right hand floater. Off the glass. It's good. Quick feed left side. Lawson has space. Rainbows a three. Book it. Hoop, hoop. McMillan steps up. He throws. Middle. Caught by McCluskey. Ah. Breaks out of a tackle. Ten. Five. Angles. Far sideline. Are you line. kidding me? Touchdown Tulane. Are you kidding me? Roll wave. Roll wave. Let's get a win. Welcome back to another episode of The Current. Andrew Allegretta here. Well, now that we've flipped the calendar from February to March, we've moved past Mardi Gras. It feels like we've hit a benchmark in the college baseball season. The Green Wave off to a great start. 10-2 so far this season. Recording this right after Lane takes down Texas Southern. 18-2 the final score at Church and Stadium game finishes after seven innings. There's been any number of tremendous performances for the Green Wave through 12 games so far. Of course, it starts with the pitcher, Braden Oltoff. Two-time AAC Pitcher of the Week, 16 strikeouts, Cal State Fullerton, six innings, hitless against MTSU. Combine that with Clifton Slagle as well as Keegan Gillis. You get yourself the first combined no-hitter for two lanes since 2005. How about the performance of Trevor Minder against MTSU? You get the walk-off home run on Saturday, plus hits for the cycle, On Sunday, the first time he's done either one of those two things in his entire career. All of this is to say it feels like a good time to sit down and talk with head coach Travis Stewart about what he's seen from his team through 12 games. But before we get to that, a couple of programming notes for you. First off, congratulations. Women's basketball team gets the five seed in the AAC tournament. That starts on Friday up in Connecticut. It's Tulane versus Tulsa 5-12 matchup that tips off at 11 a.m. Central Time, noon Eastern Time. You can listen to Gus Kattengill on the call. That's on 88 three FMWRbH if you're local in New Orleans plus net station is online through the TuneIn radio app and then men's basketball has its final game at home Fogelman and Devlin on Sunday against Yukon that's a 3 pm tip off our coverage on the Tulane sports network begins at 2: 30 and then Tulane has on the baseball side of things a three game set coming up this weekend against Southern Friday and Sunday at Turchin Saturday is up in Baton Rouge. All right, with all of that in mind, let's turn things over to the head coach, Travis Jewett. All right, coach, so we've reached a bit of a benchmark this season. We've turned the calendar from February to March. The team just finishing up this game against Texas Southern sits at 10-2. and two. It's ranked 23rd in one of the polls. As you sit back and do your state of the team evaluation, again, just 12 games in, but where do you sit?
1: Well, I, I certainly like the 10 wins of our first 12. You know, I think that the kids are what we call deserving you know um they're intentful group and they work hard at it um they're starting to kind of get the rewards from their investment and uh yeah i'm real proud of the way they train every day they show up they're connected group um you know i I think we're just getting to the point where we we're starting to play like we train you know and when you do that then you see the results on the field and right now um You know, I like where it's going. Now, we got a long way to go, so it's important that, um, you know, we stay humble and we stay hungry. And, uh, you know, we're trying to be elite. We are good to great and all that kind of stuff like that, but we can't be elitist, and um, we just got to enjoy the wins when we we got them. But the next time we show up, we got to get it back to the midline, man, because – There's always something else out there in front of us. And the most important game of the season is always the one right in front of us. So uh, get a couple good days of training this week, uh, heading into a weekend and hopefully keep this thing moving. Somewhat hesitant to ask this question,
2: but look, a hot start last year off to a good start again this year. I guess my question would be maybe for the fans out there, from your perspective, what might feel different about this group's performance so far. Again, again, long way to go, all of that kind of stuff, but what grabs
1: your attention that might be a little bit different about this group? The the length of the neck and the pitching, you know, I, I would say that for sure. You know, uh, we lost a, a couple good pitchers, no doubt, but we're just a little bit longer there. You know, we've got guys that are getting games established. We've got some, what I've been referring to as silver bullets in in Slagle and Janetta right now. Campbell sure is a a tough matchup for left-handers. And then, you know, the pride that I say this to you with the fact that Keegan Gillis would take uh, three years of starting pitching and be willing to go into the back of the game. And so, We've got some guys that can establish it. We've got some guys in the middle, so there's some good baton passing there, and then we've got a guy at the back now through 10 wins that's got you know three saves and a, and a win already in the equation. So um, feel good about the front, the back, and in the middle. And uh, you know as well as I do, watching as much baseball as you have, it's pitching, man, it, it is. It's pitching and defense, and then you know offensively, you need to be opportunistic and and be able to do some things which which we are and. Uh, you know, you get a Velus back in there. ties back in there tonight. Um, you know, Groff got a little bit dinged up with a hand, so we're not quite uh, been at full, full tilt, but uh, we've got some capable options um, outside there. Glancy's given us some good at-bats. Um, so... It, it, to me, it's it's the pitching. It, it really is. It, it's it's kept us in games, and I've mentioned this to you before. It's just we're we're next door, you know. It's just like my neighbor Frank, you know. I'm just like Frank. I need a shovel, you know. <laughs> um, no problem, Trav. You know, I got three of them. Um, it's not a mile down the road. We're not chasing uphill. Um, we always kind of feel like we're in range, um, and when you do that, then you keep believing and. We have a bell that we have that runs around this bunker that we're sitting in right now, and it's just a belief thing. And uh, right now, the guys are believing. And I think wins do that. you know. And um, we, we just got to keep taking them as they come. And then we got to learn from them. And we just got to keep moving forward. Is Frank a real guy? Frank is real. He's my <laughs> neighbor. He's awesome. He just built the coolest garage. You know, it's one of those guys where you're kind of jealous because he's got a cooler garage than you do. So. Um, <laughs> I, I could. I don't know anything about shovels or mechanics or anything like that, so Frank's my go-to guy. Has he fixed something in your house at some point in time? These are the
2: key questions, Coach.
1: No, he just helps me in my yard. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> All right, so you talk about the pitching, and that's clearly been the story so far. And if there's a guy that has been the story, it's been Braden Olsoff. I'm so fascinated to learn. Uh, people's journeys and how they end up from one place to the next. So he's a California kid between San Diego and Los Angeles, a junior college guy doesn't, I don't believe went anywhere before his junior college, uh, how do you guys find him, track him down? What did you see when the recruiting process came together for Oltoff?
1: Well, I appreciate you asking that, you know, it's, I have to take my hat off to our staff. You know, I, I really do. Uh, these guys, they're not only great coaches, but they recruit well. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, again, identification of what holes are going to be gone, and then we have to kind of get out ahead of it. And then when you've got a world-class education like we do uh, with the quality baseball program and and one of the top, you know, four or five rated RPI conferences in the country, uh, in my mind, it's it's an attractive place, you know, for a lot of reasons. And so um, we just scour the country. We're not, uh, we don't need to be next door or anything like that we talk about we can go everywhere because the the baseball and the educational combination um will drive people to it so um you know fortunate to find him out there at palomar we were scouring hard for uh, junior college pitching and obviously a few position players that we were looking for to insert themselves um quickly like they have and um you know it looks like we struck gold with him so he's um he's a kid that uh he works his butt off you know and uh his prep work you know in between starts is unbelievable um you know the kids love him you know anytime you get a nickname you know this as well as I do you're doing something right so what's his nickname diesel yeah Yeah, so diesel's uh Friday night diesel right now so he's going good and uh you know I, I i don't think we really beat him on a lot of people so to speak which is fine uh, i have a buddy that was a former scouting director that said that their club would have given him quite a bit of money in terms of that but um again he's a good student he understands the importance of education and uh i think he was just you know strong enough willed enough to say you know i'm willing to delay the inevitable you know because eventually he will be a pro but uh certainly glad that he chose us first that's kind of an interesting conversation there then if someone may have
2: been willing to give him a couple of nickels coming out of junior college what was it about being here obviously maybe the opportunity to raise his profile and instead of being a 30th or 20th round draft pick he becomes a top 10 rounder or something like that
1: yeah and i think that's what it is and then oh uh, while you're doing that you continue to grow yourself mentally physically the competition level proves to you that you're probably more ready um you know for pro ball which it's not about when we talk to the kids about making the choice to come here versus professional baseball it's not saying um that i've played professional baseball it's i want to make a living playing professional baseball and when you come and you leave a junior college and you come here and you perform at a high level at this level, at this conference, um, then I think that only raises your, your opportunities to have some longevity in the professional game. So, um, you know, and then, like I mentioned, the academic success of this place, um, the life certificate that can get into his back pocket or close to it. Um, should he decide at the end of the year, if that's something that, um, you know, comes, but again, a long way to go, you know, he's got to get better, um, But, um, you know, it's just cool that he has the confidence in himself to say, you know, hey, a couple of nickels, as you said, you take the tax out of some of those nickels, then all of a sudden it's really uh, not much. And I think he just looked at the holistic thing that this program could offer. Um, I stand next to him a lot in the games when he's keeping charts, when he's not pitching, and I always talk to him about, you know, are you happy with your decision? Uh, he smiles, and that makes me feel good inside because he says this is the best decision I've made in my life to this point. So um, we're glad he's here. And, uh, you know, he just like everybody, we got to stay humble. He's got to stay humble, and we got to keep moving this thing forward. Do you remember your first conversation with him? I do. You know, we brought him on a visit, and uh, I, I don't like doing anything with the recruits if I don't see their eyeballs. You know, I, I do. I need to sit across the desk from them. I need to kind of see what they're, how they tick, what's important to them. Um, are they the right kind of people? You know, um, another reason why I think we're doing so well, Andrew, is that you know, I think any great organization, it's based on a couple things. And to me, it's the, the uh, character of the person, and we seem to have a lot of that. So our, our clubhouse is kind of full of it. And then it's kind of the competition from within. He wasn't afraid of any of that. Um, good kid and uh, he competes really well and uh, you know I'm just happy that he's you know got off to a good start
2: so happy for him back-to-back AAC pitchers of the week I uh, want to turn the attention briefly to Hudson Haskin again came in with so much expectations and it's not that I want to linger on Hudson Haskin but when you come in with the expectation all of a sudden you don't have the protection of Cody Hosey the pitches are going to get more challenging I know we're still a non-conference it will continue to uptick for him but how would you evaluate he's how he's gone about his business knowing that all of a sudden he's the top guy on the scouting report right the pitches get harder you're sitting in the three spot or the one spot at times
1: this year how would you evaluate his approach how he's been able to go about this sophomore season well I'm real proud of him you know to to be honest with you you know he's another wonderful person inside of this program we talk about character Uh, he's got it from top to bottom Um, it's not easy you know when you go into a season and all the publications are talking about you being a Top 100 player in the country uh, in the draft, um, your Golden Spikes early, you know, award watch list, um, you know, those are expectations. But what we try to tell him is those are also just opinions of others. okay? and he still has a a daily deal that he needs to do to continue to get better. He needs to welcome those because that's what happened. And I tell him, if you don't like it, don't be so good, you know. So um, when you're good and people think you're good, then there's going to be some expectations. And like you said, there's going to be a highlighter that gets pulled out of the opposing team's, uh, notebook and, and they're not going to let him beat, beat them, so to speak. And so, um, been real proud. You know, the thing that he's doing is he's just, he's walking and he's not striking out a bunch. And, you know, I think he's hitting 350 plus right now. And he had six straight qualities tonight and a bunch of walks and he's kind of taking what people are giving him and, and, uh, so I think he's handling it well, you know, playing some center field. He's played some right when Ty's been out. You said two, one, we've hit him one, two and three probably. Yeah. So yeah. he's just kind of moving around. And I, I can tell you this is that I know what the kid's about. I know how he goes about it. Um, I sure feel good when I see him out in the field or at the box. Um, he, he's just a winning kid. And, uh, you know, I think he's handling it well. Um You know, and that's a, that's a quality, that's a life skill, you know, to be able to handle that, those expectations and pressure, if you want to call it that. But, uh, you know, I think he's in a bring it mode, you know, it's just like, just win the day, you know, and, uh, he's, um. He's doing a good job of just basically, you know, taking what the other team's giving him. He's not trying to get himself out or do anything crazy like that. So he's playing good baseball. And like I told him, I said, if you don't think you're going very good right now, imagine what you're going to feel like when you do get going. Because 350, I think a lot of people would uh, take that and and run and hide. But uh, (laughs) I think he's trying to make it 450. But, uh, you know, that's just because he's got a high desire to be great. Uh,
2: So I was talking with him around the cage. Again, his recruiting story, I know he got a little bit of interest early on in his high school days from NC State, but then he suffers that – wrist injury I believe it was I guess he had surgery you can correct me on that and you guys stayed with him throughout that process still brought him down here he accepted your offer very quickly what do you remember about those days and I guess from your perspective as a coach sticking with someone early on in their high school days with what could be a fairly significant injury how do you go into making those decisions
1: well it wasn't a heart transplant, you know. So, you know, he's, it was something that, you know, I certainly didn't think that would stop him from playing baseball. Um, you know, I have this saying, Andrew, it's like, um, let's say him, for instance, and I try to tell the kids, it's like, listen, we're offering you yes. We hope you say yes for sure. Um, but once you do, you know, if I see, you know, Mike Trout, you know, we're not going to give him your money. And we expect that if the Yankees ask you, then you're not going to take their money either. So <laughs> um, we were able to identify Hudson early. Um, he came down to a camp. Um, as you can see, we like the athleticism. Um, probably a little bit raw, you know, playing, being up in the Northeast, not playing a lot, the weather, things like that. Yeah. Um, so... I think people, after we had committed him and he continued to evolve and become the best version of himself on a daily basis, then I think more and more people um, started kind of showing him some attention, if that makes sense, um, both professionally and from other colleges. But again, character, um, no, this is what I chose. This is what I think is the best for me. Again, a good student. Um you know and it makes me proud to think that he could turn down a lot of really good schools uh in some power conferences to come be at a place like this that trusts the coaches to help his development um and you know you you can come to Tulane you can you can you can come to Tulane um get the education become the best version of yourself and um you know, develop yourself into a professional baseball player. And that's something that I think we're starting to get to, you know. I tell our coaches like, uh, I'm not, I want kids that want the education for sure, but I want kids that also about the same breath or want to play in the big leagues too. And I think we can attract uh, both of them, and he's certainly um, one of those kinds of kids.
2: By the way, not to venture too far off topic here, and not to compare Hudson Haskin to Mike Trout, but the Mike Trout story is amazing to me too. I'm sure you're familiar with it to an extent. The fact that He was committed to East Carolina, and it took an area scout who used to play back in the 80s in indie ball with his father to track down someone in the Northeast. It's amazing how Mike Trout, obviously he was going to get discovered at some point because he was that good, but sometimes how those things just come together by luck of the draw.
1: Yeah, no question. And like I made mention, you know, sometimes... um, signing kids from those parts of the country where the weather's bad it's tough for scouts to get in there to see them play uh maybe you might go see them play they're out of rhythm and rhyme because they've been in a gym um whatever it might be um and then you've got you know the area code games you got all these types of things like that are out there so um you know they're hard to you know people they'll find you but at the same time you're hoping that you know East Carolina, I'm sure, was hoping that he'd sneak (laughs) sneak into school, just like we're glad that uh, Hudson snuck into school here. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm proud of the kid for the choice that he made. And uh, I think he's, you know, I think he's getting out of it what uh, he he anticipated. And that makes me happy too.
2: All right. So I'll leave you on a couple of questions here. Uh, The first one about the team, the second one about you, Uh, give us something that you do circle 12 games into the season and say, we've played well, but like you said, plenty to come, and I've got my eye on, I know you've got your eye on all of it, but what's something that maybe jumps out that we need to, to Lane as a baseball team, continue to get better at?
1: You know, I think developing a little bit maybe of... Uh some depth around the infield you know you can tell that uh we're we're playing kind of the same guys I I I put some guys in some different positions today because I'm just trying to cross train some guys you know Bedgood swings the bat really good I'm trying to we're trying to grow his glove a little bit um the young kid Simon Baumgart um you know so we're trying to kind of develop a little bit of depth there on the infield you can see we've done that in the outfield uh Groff and Logan and Huddy and Ty back down and, and uh I think they say Glancy, you know, so we, we've got a nice little kind of left, right rotation going out there. I just want to see maybe a little bit more depth on the infield. I would say too, and you've watched a lot of our games, you know, as well as we've pitched, um, you know, we, we've left some routine balls um, on the ground, you know, and I think a lot of them too are um, want to plays, you know, uh, maybe trying to start double plays instead of just get the force i like to say it's not your job to turn to it's just your job to secure the ball and then get it to the next man and let him turn the double play so we've sped up a little bit doing some things like that um you know i think those are all fixable um but routineness in this game um requires it, it's just such a big deal and so I'm not talking about the diving plays or anything right. like that. It's just the things that are kind of in our circles, we like to say. Uh, I think if we clean that up a little bit, um, then that'll be big because when we pitch like we're showing that we have the ability to, um, just those routine ground balls and the ability to play catch and things like that I think will go a long way. So, um, But I, it's it's fixable. You know, It's not like you look at it and go like, holy crud, we can't do anything <laughs> about this uh, because it, it just takes a little bit of, you know, Put your focus on it, stare at it, make sure that we understand that that's something we got to get better at, but um, the guys are working at it good and 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 that'll pick up so um, we get some of that going. We got depth behind the plate, we got some pretty good circle going on in the outfield. Get a couple extra guys maybe to insert themselves on the infield and kind of clean that up a little bit, and then just continue to get good starts out of these junior college guys that have come in, and then once we pass the ball just limit the freebies of the opposing teams. And those routine ground ball outs, those are parts of freebies too. So limit the walks, play routine defense, and then just be opportunistic at the plate, which we have been. um, And then be willing to do some things that it takes, you know, in a close game or whatever it might be. Like This guy can bunt, anybody on our team can, you know. Um, This guy can hit and run, anybody on our team can, you know. And we just want to be holistic that way. And if we can just continue uh, after 12 games, moving into 13th game and 14th game to just keep bringing it all together, um, I think it'll be good. But you can see we're playing some guys too. And... uh, you know that makes me feel good because sometime down the line it's not always how you start sometimes it's how you finish and some guys are getting in there and all of a sudden it's not gonna be their first at bat or their first mound touch or you know a first catch behind the plate in the 30 or 35th 40th game of the season um we'll have done that and I think that speaks a little bit to our our depth and and uh, how we feel about our guys and and uh, plus I think it'll help too with just the our freshness, you know, if that makes sense, you know, being able to get some guys off their feet and, and, uh, you know, keep them rested that way. And we'll have to do a good job of that as a staff too, because as the season gets going, you know, our academic rigor, um, you know, we're certainly on the kids about continuing the weight program during the season. I think that's important, um, physically for sure. But I also think mentally, um, you know, um, I think it helps with their health. I think it makes them feel good about themselves. And then, you know, we, we just, keep rocking and rolling that way um it'd be good but long way to go you know but it is 12 games in we are 10 and 2 we're going to take it and uh try to like i said learn from the good and the bad and just keep moving the ledger forward man just keep moving the ledger forward Uh, this game it's it's rough you know that and uh when you play as many games as we do you know it's not always going to be perfect but again, if we can just kind of be in control of the things we can control, then I think we'll be in range. And I think we're good enough. I do. I, I think we're good enough to find ourselves on the winning side.
2: All right, Coach, I'll leave you on this one. You and I talked the other day. Uh, you can talk about launch angle and exit velocity and all those stats all you want. Uh, I think baseball is great when you find out stories and all of that good stuff. So I'm going to try to pluck stories from you and from the guys throughout the course of the season. Uh, so let's go with this Uh you coached at Edmonds Community College outside of Seattle back in the late 90s. Uh, first head coaching job, I assume, uh, junior college. Second head coaching job for you. Uh, what do you remember about those days? You talk about, we talked about Tim Corbin coming up there when he was an assistant at Clemson, getting guys, Kevin O'Sullivan, both guys, national championship coaches at this point. When you think back to those days, what are some of the memories that come back?
1: Man, that's <laughs> such a great question. Um, Just passion for the game. There's no time restrictions. There's no, you know, there were really no rules. You just had, we had draft and follows back in the day where, you know, somebody could draft a guy but hold his rights through like the, a year to the yes. next draft. So you get kids that coming in that were pretty good players but a little bit crude uh, working at it, working at it, working at it. They were tough. By um, <laughs> well, the way, when you say little...
2: when you say crude, do you mean they're raw or do you mean their personality types were a little bit crude? Because I could see both being true at Edmonds yeah
1: Yeah. I'm gonna say both (laughs) you know so but I can you know I still get text messages and emails from some of those same kids I mean we just had such a blast and it was just a 24-7 seven days a week of just trying to be really good at our craft you know Um, I remember this is a funny story for you where um, you know when you're a coach probably when I was younger I wasn't as good at it as I am now, is it, it, the word's big. It stretches because, you know, you're into a lot of things, not just how they grip it and throw it and hit it and field it and all that stuff like that, but just you want them to have opportunities. And that's really what a junior college is. is it's our job to one the field is one but outside the field is another because we've got to get them to a credit number we've got to get them have the ability to go to a clemson to go to a San Diego State, a Washington, a Washington State, a Tulane, whatever it might be. And so I remember when I first got to Edmonds, we had our first team meeting and like we took a field trip to like a Walmart, right? And everybody had to get a backpack and binders and pins and all this stuff like that because I told them, you know, if we're not, if we're doing what we're trying to do out here, then you're going to create yourself some opportunities. And what we're not going to do is take the academic part of it and you know uh stop us from having those types of opportunities so that was fun to see those kids you know kind of get engaged in their education a little bit because they did want to keep playing and uh, create themselves those opportunities so um it was great we had we had high success a lot of really good players a lot of draft picks um but the kids did a good job of uh you know moving themselves on and we had a lot of kids that kind of went on to the next level and some actually some pretty good programs so um, it was fun you know Uh, I was a lot different than I am now in terms of a little gruffer um, you know a little more hollering all those types of things but those kids were tough man and they could they could take it they could handle it and uh, you know just like they were they were there for a reason and that was just to get good at what they were doing so they could move on and keep doing what they were good at and so uh, just a lot of fond memories and like I said this, when you're coaching, you know, when you see those guys be successful, when you see them move on, when you still communicate with them, that's the cool stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, we're pretty good. We, we won an NWAC championship in uh, 1998. You know, you talk about all these stories and stuff like that. Um, there's a guy named Randy Whistler, and if you look him up, he was a, I don't know, maybe a second round pick at Oklahoma State. Um, might have had a cop, cup of coffee in the big leagues. He left. He was the coach at Edmonds when I was at Tacoma, which was in the same okay. junior college league. Um, played against him. We struck a, a respect for one another in terms of competing against each other. He called me up says, "Hey, I'm gonna take a job with the San Diego Padres. Um, I want you to take this job at Edmonds when I leave." And I'm like, "I I have a job, you know," and da da da. I ended up following his lead because it was one of the better junior college programs in the area. Um, he goes off into pro ball. I get the Edmonds job. He ends up becoming the first base coach for Cincinnati Reds, coaching in the big leagues. He, he's just a great guy. We spent a lot of nights talking baseball. and um, Like I said to you before, just blessed to meet a lot of these people and create a lot of these different opportunities. And then the Edmonds certainly led to the Gonzaga, which led to the Huskies, to the Cougars, to the Sun Devils, to the Commodores, and you know, speaking of the Commodores, I just had a lump in my throat today yep. when I woke yes. up, just um, with yep. that tornado passing through uh, Nashville. And sounds like, you know, 19 casualties, or at least that was the last count before the game started. So my thoughts and prayers are with a lot of my close friends still, um, kids I even recruited that are still there, um, you know, as they're kind of surveying their situation, hopefully uh they'll get back on their feet here quick. But, uh, you know, baseball do a lot of uh, things and connect a lot of people and create a lot of opportunities. It'll let you see a lot of things, you know, how about just our last weekend, you know, a no hitter, a three pitch three pitcher, no hitter on one day, a walk off the next and a kid hit for the cycle the next day after that. There's probably a lot of people that have been to lots of baseball games. and never seen any of the above. So talking to one. Yeah. So, um, just blessed, you know, and, uh, just like we do talk about experiences from the past and history and stuff like that. That's all part of my past, and I'm super proud of the route that we've taken, the people that I've been able to connect with and engage with and hopefully make uh, better people, players, husbands, fathers, all those types of things. But, uh, you know, uh, it's been a long journey, but uh, proud to be where I am today.
2: I'll echo that about Nashville as well. It went through the East Nashville neighborhood, which is an up-and-coming neighborhood in Nashville. Got a lot of really cool restaurants and scenes and obviously good people there. Um, Not exactly sure how that impacts the Vanderbilt folks, whether Tim Corbin knows people over there, all that kind of stuff, but uh, a shaky and scary situation that kind of passed through in Nashville. East Nashville's a cool, cool place uh, for people that have seen it, that I believe in Nashville sign that makes its way into so many pictures. That building is one of the buildings that got hit by the tornado. Uh, just yesterday so Nashville's a special place and i know it continues to be special for you as well
1: yeah no doubt about it and when you'd said uh if tim knows anybody affected he certainly does he he is nashville uh they have nashville on their uniforms he does such a good job of not only representing the university but just the state itself the city um you know so uh, if anybody's going to help tie that thing together, it'll certainly be him, his staff, and the kids inside of that program. Um, they'll, they'll be front and center in that in that recovery. There's no doubt about it. Yep.
2: Coach, thank you so much for your time. Hey, we've got a lot of conversations coming up. Our radio show at Felipe starts on March 23rd, so plenty of stories and baseball and anecdotes and all that kind of stuff. But we'll continue to post stuff on the podcast as well. Coach, thanks for the time. I kept you late. Everybody's out of here. Our bunker is completely empty, but Coach, thanks for the
1: time. Well, I appreciate this a great deal, and I don't know if there's any better time, right, to be sitting in a bunker (laughs) this time of the night, um, overlooking a field. Um, Again, talking about this great university and the kids inside of it right now. Um, It's a pleasure to hang with you, so thanks for covering us. Thanks, Coach. Well, thanks to
2: head coach Travis Stewart for taking a few moments down in the dugout after the 18-2 to victory for Tulane Green Wave Baseball over Texas Southern on Tuesday at and Stadium. Something fun about just hanging out in a dugout talking baseball. Plenty more conversation Tulane Green Wave Baseball right here on The Current throughout the rest of the spring. Plus, Travis Jewett's radio show from Felipe's across the street from Turchin Stadium starts March 23rd. That's from 6 to 7 p.m. That's every Monday throughout the course of the baseball season starting March 23rd. And the football team has started its spring practices. We'll turn our attention to head coach Willie Fritz and his crew coming up soon here on The Current as well. Up next, a three-game set against Southern, plus some big series coming up for Tulane Baseball. Long Beach State ranked in the top 25. They come to Turchin Stadium, and then Tulane, at the end of the month, heads to Dallas Baptist. That's a program that's in the top 25 as well. Thanks so much for listening here on The Current. My name is Andrew Allegretta. Until next time, roll wave.